Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Uh, today, I want to... Uh, I want, to talk about, I want to talk about death, okay? I want to talk about death today um, and uh, whether or not we need to be afraid of it. So to do that, let's, let's see where to start. Um, I am a person who sometimes can be easily influenced by certain places that I go. Maybe you're like this as well. If I, and this has happened to me multiple times, if I ever go to uh, Bass Pro Shops, Outdoor World, anybody ever go there? I wanna change every part of my life when I'm in there. The longer I'm in there, I'm like making plans of every life goal is changing. I'm like, yeah, I do think I need a turkey fryer if I'm out in the woods. Like one that, just in case, I want to fry a turkey while I'm camping. Just looking at different things and I'm going, yeah, this is who I am now. I'm an outdoorsman. Now I, I better look at the bow and arrows over here. Let's see, how am I going to hunt my food? And just everything kind of, I'm going, oh man. And I get these, these ideas that I'm going to fish and I'm going to hunt and I'm going to camp. My wife and I uh, had a camper one time we had a camper that was sweet. It was a gift, it was given to us, and we had all kinds of plans. You know how many times we took that thing out camping? Zero! The kids camped in it in the yard a bunch of times. They'd leave the door open and animals would get in there. We didn't ever take it anywhere. We had all these intentions. Finally, after three years of it ruining our yard, we're like, we gotta get rid of this thing. <laughs> like, we're never gonna do it. We're not, we're, not, we're not camping people. We just aren't. And this will happen in other places. If I go to Michael's or Hobby Lobby, I'm like, man, I am feeling crafty. <laughs> Are you, anybody like that? I'm like, I have got to get some of this hodgepodge. <laughs> we get these intentions to do certain things. Some, sometimes we just think, eventually, I'm gonna get around to doing that thing in the future that I, I've always wanted to do. Um, you guys have anything that you're worried about not getting to before you kick the bucket? Like, is it ever gonna happen? Certain things that you're al you've always said, oh, I would love to visit the Grand Canyon, or I would love to, certain things on the bucket list that you might not ever get around to. Here's the, the trouble. All of us are gonna die. All of us are gonna die. Um, if you're new here, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're gonna die. I'm sorry. And a lot of times we, we, we try not to think about that unless uh, somebody in our family or a friend dies, but there's not an 80-year guarantee on any of us. Um, some get 80, some get 90, some get 50. Uh, I know people in this crowd here today 
who in this past year, a person that they loved only got 50, or a person that they loved only got 30. Some people only get 10. But at some point, every one of us are going to step into our next phase of eternity. Uh, when I was younger, I was very afraid of death. Um, it's kind of weird because I also was extremely reckless and I nearly died multiple times. But I was afraid of death because honestly, I was convinced I was going to go to hell. And so I was just, I was afraid of it. I was not, I wasn't ready. The first thing that I want to make as a, a point today is that eternity is a reality. Eternity is a reality. Uh, they say that there's nothing certain except death and taxes, uh, but you can actually evade your taxes. You can't evade death. You can't figure out a way around it. We try to do that, though. Um, anybody ever go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? There's entire sections of organic beer and wine. Or like gluten-free alcohol and different things. I'm just like, this is kind of like, and it's people just trying to be healthy. And so we, we have all kinds of different things. We have keto diets and paleo diets and vegans. At the end of the day, you're going to die. You might be able to put it off for a little while with some Pilates, some Zumba, some yoga or CrossFit. But it's going to happen eventually. All right, so here's where we get to some crazy talk time, okay? This is going to sound crazy at first. Don't leave yet. Jesus has prayed for your death. Jesus has prayed for your death. John chapter 17. It says, Jesus prays for himself. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, so that your son may be able to glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those who you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought your glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father... Glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. He goes on and on for a while along this, this line of speaking. But towards the end, verse 24, kind of the culmination of things. Jesus praying for us, the believers. And he says this, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. This is shortly before Jesus is heading home. This is shortly before Jesus' death, where he's going to be back in heaven forever. He says, Father, I want those that you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you've given me because you've loved me before the creation of the world. 
Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them, and I'll continue to make you known in order that they may love you. There's a strange relationship that Jesus has with death. And one of the things I wanted to look at today is uh, just the question, are you afraid to die? Are you afraid to die? Um, Whenever I do any kind of counseling with people or even just having conversations, this is one of the, the red flag areas when I discover that someone who is, they, they say that they're a Christian, they're a believer, they've gone to church for a long time, maybe their whole life, but they're afraid to die, or they're afraid of death, or if I'm trying to console someone who had a loved one pass away, and they just are having a, a horribly hard time with it. And it's just one of those things that kind of pops up where there's a fear of death. Now, every different religion across the board says different things about death and dying. Uh, in Buddhism, if you're a Buddhist, uh, they believe that there's an eightfold path that ultimately uh, the goal is that you would cease to exist. You would become nothing. And that's when you're ready for eternity. In Hinduism, they believe that you get to come back and do it all over again, over and over and over again, and until you reach your, your proper reincarnated state, and then you're released into eternity. For Muslims, they believe that you'll stand before Allah someday, and you'll be judged based on your works, on the things that you did for other people on if you were, uh, if you did good deeds or not. As Christians, we believe that people will spend eternity in either a place called heaven or a place called hell. I believe that both of those are very real places that need to be considered. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, this book is written by the Apostle Paul, Paul's story is that he was not a Christian. He was violently opposed to believers, but he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He saw Jesus face to face, and when that happens to you, sometimes you have a change of heart. <laughs> and so Paul becomes a Christian. He becomes a leader of Christians. Eventually, he starts a church in a place called Corinth, and the church people who he was overseeing, had all kinds of questions about death. Paul writes two letters to the church in Corinth, the books we know in the Bible, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And essentially these questions revolved around Corinthian people seeing other people die and wanting to know what happened to them after they died. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says this, For we know that if the earthly tent is destroyed, then we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven that's not built by human hands. For we know, he says, 
that this isn't something that we just hope about or dream about or wish for. He says, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in now is destroyed, then that's okay because we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven that has not been built by human hands. Tents are temporary. It is something that you put up for a little while. The Bible refers to you and me as tents all the time. This temporary structure. Uh, tents do not last. Most of my tents that I've ever had, even without going camping, the one time I finally get it out, it's ruined somehow. Like, it got ruined in the garage somewhere. Mice got it, something. Tents are temporary. But he says, once the tent has fallen apart, you're going to have a permanent home that's not built by human hands, it's built by God's hands. Now, even the best built houses fall apart eventually because humans built them. We can guess all day what it's going to look like in heaven once we're there, but we really cannot have any idea completely because the only things that we've ever seen have been built by human hands. And so as far as a home goes, we're not really sure what that's going to look like, but we can be comforted knowing that God has built something for you that is going to be eternal, that is not going to fall apart, that you don't have to worry about because God makes eternal things. And so you can be comforted also if you've lost someone in your family to cancer, if you have lost someone to Alzheimer's, if you've lost someone to COVID, you can be comforted in knowing that that was a process of them turning in that earthly tent. But now, if they're in Christ, they've moved into a place of permanence where they're healed and they're whole. They're good. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Now, even if you're not like a Bible person, you got to give me this one. <laughs> when you're clothed, you won't be found naked. If anybody ever argues about you about the truth of the Bible or anything, you can give them this one. It says in verse 4, For while we are in this tent, we groan and we're burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. This is that, that tent picture again. Any of you recognize full well that you are a tent that maybe is starting to fall apart? A couple years ago, I was at a doctor's appointment, and believe me, I remember when he said it and what his face looked like when my doctor said, yeah, we can probably wait until you're 40 to check your prostate unless, uh, unless there's anything concerning. I'm like, well, I have a new concern right now. <laughs> I have a new one. 
that idea is very concerning to me. I clenched so hard it felt like an ab workout happened. The tent starts falling apart. Anybody ever pull a hamstring vacuuming? Paul says, what is swallowed up, what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. The tent gets swallowed up, not by death, but by life. In other words, there's something greater for every single one of us than any of us could ever imagine, something that's, that's permanent. If you've ever um, had one of those moments where you stop to recognize that there's there's not really anything in this world that can satisfy your soul all the way. Um, some people call this the dark night of the soul, where maybe you sit up late one evening crying, just recognizing that there's, I, I, can't, I can't satisfy certain things that are in my heart and in my soul on this earth. I long for something more. It's because your soul has been made for something more. It's been made for something that's not of this world. There are all kinds of different things that can bring us temporary pleasures, but permanent satisfaction is a different story. 2 Corinthians 5, again, says, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. God created us to be eternal beings. And so it says he's given us his Holy Spirit as a deposit because, uh, you know, we're, we're not just holding on to empty promises. How many of you have experienced the Holy Spirit in your life? How many of you are chasing that for the rest of your life now? That I felt, I felt this e eternal thing happened, this kingdom of God thing happened. I felt his, uh, his voice. I, I felt his, his prompting. Um, I had something take place that couldn't be explained with a coincidence or something like, it was something that was not of this world. I felt a love that couldn't be had in this world. I felt a forgiveness. I felt a grace. I felt a truth. I felt a peace that is not of this world. It says in verse 6, therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. As long as we're home here, it's that understanding of, and, you know, the big question always is, why, does ba why do bad things happen to good people? Because we're in the freaking body. We're living in the tent. And as long as you are home in the body, you are away from the Lord. He says, therefore, we're always confident and we know we can be sure of it. I always ask, well, yeah, how? How do we really know? How do we really be sure of it? How can we prove something? Because I'm a statistics guy. I love statistics. I love baseball. And uh, also, just a side note, if you say baseball is boring, you're boring. <laughs> it's nuanced. Might have to use your brain a little bit. Baseball is the greatest sport in the world. They, I like digging into the statistics 
of baseball, and if you come to the end of a game or a season, statistically, you can spell out uh, what went wrong with errors, with batting averages, with runs scored, with just every part and piece of it. There's a scoreboard at the end of it that tells you what happened and tells you who won. There's a scoreboard. And so I look at my faith, I look at Christianity, and we can say, I, I wish that there was a scoreboard, I wish that there were statistics that kind of spelled it out, that told the story of who won. There is a scoreboard. There is a scoreboard. Let me show you what it looks like. We got a picture of the scoreboard. This is the scoreboard of Christianity. It is an empty tomb where a man was killed who said that he was dying for our sins. He was crucified, and he told us before it happened that three days later he would come back to life, that death couldn't hold him. And three days later, he did exactly that, and he came back to life. The scoreboard for us is an empty tomb that tells followers of Christ that we can put our faith in Jesus. It tells us what happened. It tells us who won. It tells us uh, that Jesus didn't just teach us things about death. He didn't write books about death. What Jesus did is he faced death, and he didn't dodge it, and he didn't hide from it. He went right through it. And because he walked through it and rose again, those of us who are followers of him can be confident because of what the scoreboard says. An empty tomb. That tomb trumps anything that anyone can say about death because we have a Savior who's walked through it. Hebrews chapter 2 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I know many, many, many people who have been enslaved by their fear of death. And a common denominator I'll mention is if you're ever unsure of your salvation, if you're ever uncertain of your position in the kingdom of God, if you're ever not really sure if you're saved, if you ever question, am I saved? I'm, I'm not really sure. You, did the, you gave your life to Christ at some point, but you're still asking. I would say you have a fear of death somewhere lingering about. But the truth is, you don't have to worry about it. If you believe, you don't have to worry about death anymore because we're not swallowed up by death. We're swallowed up by life. It's not something we hope for. It's something we have confidence in because the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And so you got two options as humans who follow Christ. Um, the two options are you can let death destroy you or you can invite Jesus to destroy death for you. 
You can invite Jesus to destroy death for you. The only difference is what you choose regarding Jesus. Um, a, a long time ago, one of my friends was in a severe car accident and nearly died. He was in a, a coma for um, a couple weeks. And he said after he came out of it, just that um, right after the accident, he saw this pure blinding white light and he thought, I just died. I'm about to see Jesus. This is the most awesome thing that's ever happened to me. And he said he woke up and he was like, man. He said, I got all ready for it. If you're here today and you know Jesus, this is something that we can celebrate. That a place of permanence is, has been made for you. Did I lose you? Hey, there you are. That you don't have to fear death because it's all part of an eternity where it gets better and better and better all the time. But we also need to recognize that there's over 5 billion people on this planet who do not know Jesus yet. Who don't know Jesus yet, who are playing the game still of, am I a good enough person? Will I go to heaven or hell? Or they're, 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 they're betting on, I don't even think that's real. But every one of them I know, deep down, they worried. I was in that same place forever. And so it's a message that we can take into the world. If you're here today and you're not sure what's going to happen when you die, I guess what I would want you to know is that it's, it's not at all about anything that you can do to end up in the right place. It's everything to do with what Jesus has already done for you. It's, it's nothing to do with what you can do to land in the right place for eternity. It's everything to do with what Jesus has done on your behalf and choosing what you're going to do with that knowledge. I want to pray for you. Um, if you would close your eyes and just pray along with me. If you're somebody who has feared death and you're not sure what's going to happen or even maybe you grew up in church or you've been coming to church for a long time but you still are afraid that you're doing something wrong that maybe you're not saved for some reason that maybe you're not forgiven or if, if you want to experience that for the first time The way you do that is you surrender your life to Jesus. And it doesn't even hurt. <laughs> I invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we can be a group of people who can laugh in the face of death. We can agree with your word that says, where, O oh death, is your victory where oh death is your sting because you defeated the one who held the power of death you faced death and you walked right through it 
And he said, we're going to do the same thing. And you've been building a place for us, a place of permanence in heaven. Where all of our worries will be gone, where everything will be healed and whole and good. Where everything sad will become untrue. So God, we thank you for for who you are. I pray for anyone in this room right now who wants to have that assurance of salvation. They want to have that assurance of an eternity in heaven. That they would just follow along as I pray. That they would pray this with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender myself to you. I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I repent of them. I'm I'm sorry for the things that I've done to hurt myself or hurt other people or hurt you. I thank you for forgiving me. I promise to follow you. I recognize that you died on a cross for me to give me this opportunity to live with you forever in heaven. And I say yes to it. If you just keep your eyes closed, Except for any, anyone who prayed that prayer for the first time, if you would like to just um, open your eyes and make eye contact with me, say, God bless you and welcome to the kingdom of God. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom. God bless you. God bless you. You're a believer in Christ, and you have a forever home in heaven. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. you. Lord, I thank you for new brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for the promise of eternity in heaven. I thank you for your kingdom that's just a better version of everything. And I pray that the people who prayed that prayer today would experience heaven on earth, that they would hear your voice, that they would dream dreams of you, that they would be given visions, that you would be at the forefront of their mind when they go to sleep and you would be the first thing they think of when they wake up. I pray that there would be blessings and favor headed their way, that there would be checks coming in the mail that they didn't expect, that there would be healing of things that they thought they were going to live with for the rest of their lives. I pray that relationships would get fixed that they thought were broken beyond repair. I pray for your 
just for your kingdom to come and to break through into their lives. I pray that they would know how much you love them and that there's nothing they could ever do to make you love them any less. Pray that they would know who they are in your kingdom now, that you're the king and you call them son or daughter and that makes them a prince or a princess. That as a prince or a princess, they are royalty and they are promised an inheritance. I pray that you would spoil them. I pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. I, I hope to see you soon. Hey guys, before you run out, we're doing a thing today um, that we're going to do every couple months called Meet the Pastor. Um, if we haven't ever met before, if we haven't had a chance to talk in person, or if you just have any questions about the church or you, you want to talk for a couple minutes, we're going to have a Meet the Pastor meeting right now, right after this service, uh, over in the back building. Uh, we have the Hope Center back there. Uh, so if you go out into our parking lot, there's another building, and uh, we invite you to come and say hello. It's nothing, nothing formal or anything, but uh, I'd love to say hi. See you guys soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.